Fest Radio on RapFestRadio.com. We're, we're not number one. God is. We may not be the best, but our purpose is to lead you to the best. Jesus Christ. www.RapFestRadio.com. Old school to new school. Classics to exclusives. Gospel, hip-hop, music, and videos. Live video interviews Monday nights at 8 p.m. Monday nights at 8 p.m. Watch. Watch. Learn. Learn. Love. Love. Support. Support. RapFest Radio on RapFestRadio.com. RapFestRadio.com. RapFestRadio.com.
Welcome, welcome to Rapfest Radio, rapfestradio.com. We are here on a Monday night with our special guest, Pastor Bowser from Calvary Church, which is located at 1010 East 174th Street in the Boogie Down Bronx, right across the street from where we had Rapfest. But before we even get to the interview, you just finished listening to Jesus Christ has entered the building by our man, Brian Smith. Sad news. He passed away last week. Still shocked. Still can't believe it. That's right. uh, great brother. He was at Rapfest for those people that were there. He was a DJ that was standing in the middle and danced for every single song. When the power went out, it was him and Blaze Torch on stage worshiping. Mm. Well, you you couldn't tell because you had your, your head was stuck in the generator somewhere <laughs> trying to figure it out. But he was up on stage worshiping with Blaze Torch and just in, inviting people into the presence of God. And that was Brian Smith. You know, uh, he actually ministered at Calvary. Yes, he did. Yes, uh, the, he did. Like the week before Rap Fest or something at an outdoor event. Just two weeks before in a, in a firehouse uh, rally that we had outside. Right. And the man was such a blessing to us. His ministry, his heart, his passion for ministry. You could see it in his music. You could see it mm -hmm. in his attitude. Right. I mean, this is a guy who came and not only ministered in the word, but after we finished the event, instead of disappearing... He started giving out his CDs. Hmm. I thought he was going to sell them. And he said, no, I don't sell my CDs. I give them. And he was giving them out because he said that it was a mandate from the Lord to do so. And Amen. he blessed us greatly. And we're so sorry to hear that. Yeah. You know, he's with the Lord right now, which is a positive thing. But uh, it really hurts. It, it hurts. Yeah. I mean, and naturally this show, we are gonna, we're going to speak to Bowser. But I think it's only right we take out this time to, to recognize Brian Smith and, and his family. Absolutely. We pray that the Lord will comfort them. And when we get any more details regarding anything, we'll let everybody know. Trust me. But uh, when we first officially met Brian Smith, it was a weird thing. We were doing a concert in White Plains, a Rap Fest concert series. And word got around in the crowd that two girls were trying to get to White Plains from Brooklyn. And they couldn't find a way to do so. And at the end, they said, you know what? We'll take whatever money we have. Let's take a taxi to White Plains, New York. Not White Plains Road. White Plains, New York. New York. Wow. So they grabbed their money together, called the cab. They said, listen, we have, I think it was $78. That's all we have. And we want to get to this concert, which was free. That we want to get to this concert. They got in the cab and they went to the concert. And when they got to the concert, you know, they were telling people, yeah, we came in a cab, blah, blah, et cetera, et cetera. So that was all cool. They didn't have a way to get back home. And what we did is we told Brian, we told Brian Smith, hey, there's these girls from Brooklyn. Actually, we didn't even say. We just mentioned that there were some girls from Brooklyn that needed a ride back home. They got here in a taxi. Mm. Brian Smith raised his hand. And he says, I'll take them. He didn't know who they were wow. or anything, but that wow. was his heart. You know, and even during during Rap Fest dinner, we had one of the girls, Beloved, that she was staying somewhere in Brooklyn after the day. I'll take you, no problem. You know, and that was his heart. You know, yeah. the prayer walk. Out of all the rappers that we had, and North, you know, the rappers that couldn't make it, I understand, they're from out of town, but he came all the way from Brooklyn for the prayer walk. Wow. And then after that, he went to minister Amazing. somewhere. I mean, Amazing. you know, but people like that, naturally, they make an impact, and it's hard to overlook them That's and right. just keep moving on. And we, you know, we, we appreciated Brian Smith. We appreciate his wife for sharing him with us, you know. Absolutely. And we just pray that his life be an encouragement to many others, you know, leave a, a legacy. He definitely set an example. Yes, he did. You know, so I'm, I'm trusting and praying that those people that, that watched him or ministered with him or were his students in his math class were blessed by him and will kind of like in, in honor to him, you know, do the right thing, like walk with Christ. Because I think that's all he wanted. Yeah. You know? yeah. His music represented that. His music was all about that. And, and he was even telling me that he was able to minister also in, in, in and this is a little controversy, a little controversial, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in bars. Yes. They had him yes. doing, he was, he was ministering the gospel. Listen to me. Ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ 
to a bunch of people drinking at a bar. Yes. And he got this gig and he went up there and he started to minister and he would say that he would minister and, the, and they would put their drinks down and, and, and yep. cry and that the Lord would minister to them. This is this is what ministry is about. It was taking the gospel to the corners, to the streets, and, and this is what he did. This is his yep. example that he left for us. And we just hope that somehow in some shape or form, you that are watching... Um, can follow those footsteps and know that you know when Christ calls you, He doesn't call you to call you to a church. He calls you out to the streets, right. to, to to what we consider we call the ghetto, and it's over there is where the people that are in need are are located. The right. people that are sick, the people that are afflicted, the people that are possessed, the people that are in right. depression and going through things, and that's where the gospel is supposed to reach. And He did that successfully. Amen. He Amen. was successful in absolutely. that area. Absolutely, absolutely. And if you go onto His Facebook page, you'll see all the comments from His. His high school students that were commenting and beautiful stuff that they talk about him. And we Absolutely. pray that any, anybody would have that kind of reaction, you know, to, to you when, when you leave. That that'll be the, the response, the, the, the love and stuff. But uh, as you can hear, Pastor Bowser's mission, passion and drive for outreach and ministry. Amen. That's why we were so blessed by partnering with, with Calvary Church for Rap Fest this year. Uh, we had a wonderful time, but great time. Let, let's let's just pause for a second and tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, introduce yourself formally, Pastor Bowser. Uh, you know, your church and some information, and then we'll go into some more stuff. Great. Uh, well, like as you said, my name is Pastor Bowser. Um, born and and raised in the Bronx. Uh, married for fifteen years to my wife Camille. Um, have two great children, Joey and Michaela. Uh, a new dog now by the name of... <laughs> I have a new new Rottweiler. Uh, wow. <laughs> to my house. Um, his name is Seth. And uh, we're, we're thankful to God. God. God has done a great thing in our lives. Amen. And being born and raised in the Bronx has is, is, is been an honor for us. And I say us because in the ministry aspect, um, my wife and I, my children, we're all part of the ministry. And we grew up in ministry. My wife grew up in the house where her grandmother was pastor. Mm. And her pa her parents are, mi are are ministers at a church. My parents were pastors also and missionaries. Oh, okay. So we grew up in that church environment, you know. But uh, God put a calling on our lives, and and He called us, and um, we we're just so thankful that He reached us when He did. And my whole youth, I gave it to the Lord. Mm. I, I I'm not one of these uh, older persons or older people, and uh, that that say I wish I could have gave my youth to the Lord when I was young and and do all the things. I have no regrets. I was born and raised in the in the gospel. I kept myself complete for the Lord throughout my whole youth. Amen. And uh, God blessed me five years ago to become senior pastor of the church where I was a member of for over ten years. And my wife and I, we've been there for five years since 2006, and it's been a success. It's a success story. You know, God has blessed us in every step of the way, you know? So we're, we're under that promise. Amen. That's awesome. And let me say something. Your wife is very, like, background. Yeah. Right? She's very quiet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, which I love. You know, there, there's always, a, there's always a, a balance there. Because if you go if you go to Calvary, you, there's no doubt this is Bowser. He's like bouncing off the walls, always doing something, always doing something. Your wife is very. She's the one that works behind the scenes. Everything that you see done in, at the church, and when you see the progress, everybody says, "Yo, Bowser, you did great, man. That was awesome." <laughs> she's the one doing it. That's the one behind the curtain. Behind the curtain, that's her. The wizard, she, like she's, the wizard. She's, of the, Bob, wizard. Right? she's <laughs> the wizard behind it all. 
she's the one doing it. But uh, what 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 it's so what is so awesome is that God called us at a young age, so we have the strength to do the things Amen. that um, that others wouldn't be able to do. In the, in the in the last five years, one of my missions has been to reach the community. Now I know this is a famous story with every pastor out there that's watching us or future leaders that are watching us. Listen, the mission of always reaching the community is great. But in this sense, you cannot be just a talker. You can't just desire that. You have to be somebody who's willing to do whatever it takes yeah. to get it done. Because it's not an easy task. It's not. Absolutely. Five years ago when, when I was, uh, well, you could go back to 1997 if you wish. Uh, when I first started there, I started there. And the first year I was there, I became youth pastor. Uh, I was youth pastor for a number of years, uh, for about four or five years. And then from there, I became an official of the church. And I was an official of the church for another four years, four or five years. And then after that, the associate pastor moved to Florida. And then it stood vacant for two years, that spot. And then after two years, uh, they, my, my senior pastor called me up and says, it's your time. And wow. I, became senior, I became an associate pastor. And in 2006, the Lord took her home. And then uh, we went to the church and we had the church sit down and we discussed it with the church and they voted. And we had a unanimous vote of 100% vote to go in and stay in as senior pastors of the church. Now, if you look at that and you say, wow, I would like to be in your shoes. Uh, I, I would like for, you know, whatever happened to you, let it happen to me. You have to understand that this was not an overnight thing. Hmm. This was a progress. This was something that it, it happened throughout my life. As being, you know, from 1997, and even before that, when I used to minister in different churches in the late 80s, we used to do tent revivals. We used to go do the vigilias, the vigilias, vigilias <laughs> uh, that were concerts, and, <laughs> yeah. and and you know, we did a lot of stuff growing up. We went to the trains, we went to the streets, and and we weren't ashamed about the gospel in the late 80s. And there was a big revival that that occurred. But all of those things were preparing me, right? And it was also preparing my wife for what now we're walking in which Amen. is our destiny. We're walking Amen. into the promise of God in our lives. Amen. So so it, it's a combination of a lot of things. It's just not something that I would just, yesterday God called me and today I'm here. I'm here. No, it was a, 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 a journey. It's been a journey. So it, it's it's a little different probably for you than for other pastors that, are, that have done church plants recently. Uh, to a certain extent, the fact that you became the senior pastor of a church that was already established. You know, I know some pastors, when they, they do their church planting, they're starting almost from scratch. They're, they're, they're trying to create a membership, a whole congregation and everything. But what challenge did, what challenges are different, you know, for what challenges did you have when you started? Well, I, I wish, I wish to some degree, I wish to some degree that uh, we were planting a church. Um, because my church, before we, we got it, uh, was 52 years old. And you have a church that's 52 years under the same pastor, which they'll tell you, do not. Do not, whatever you do, do not take a church that's 52 years under one pastor. Uh, that, is, that is suicide in the ministry. <laughs> because once you go into it, uh, there's a lot of changes that have to happen because I'm not the former senior pastor. And people right. get attached to their pastors. Right, 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 right. But when, when it's a God thing and, and you're moving under the, 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 the anointing of God and you're moving under the timing of God, uh, you, you, you're sensitive to, to the fact that when God calls you to a place, he's not causing, call, calling you just to change things, but he's calling you to keep building on what someone else Amen. built before Amen. you. Amen. 
And, and I think that's where the issue comes in with a lot of pastors that are coming into churches that have already been established. Is that, remember pastor, you're not there to reestablish something. It's already been established. The foundation has been laid. Now is your time to just build on it. And that's what we did. And um, thank God that in the transition, we didn't lose anybody. Oh, amen. Um, they amen. stood with us. Now, the challenges that we had uh, were just challenges of reaching the community. Because the church where I came from and where I'm from now, uh, their model was we are a Hispanic church for Hispanic people. Right. Uh, that killed us right there. And with me yeah. is that, no, we're a church for all people. And in, 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 in reshaping their minds and getting their minds back into the focus of ministry to the, to the people, um, it was a little challenging. But in planting a church, the difference with planting a church is that basically you're the man or the woman of God who God has called. You are the one selecting the people who are going to work with you. Now, I understand that people have this, this, this divine connection with God and say, no, um, God has to bring them to me. And, and this is a, No, God gave you the, the smarts and he gave you the intelligence to seek what you're looking for. Hmm. And, 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 he, and, and you, if you know what you're looking for and you have a plan written down, then you find the right people that are going to work with you. It's not always a God-sent person. It's right. the person who qualifies for the position that you need them for. And when you do that, it's a lot easier because you're able to um, establish your rules right. and the game plan. And you're able to, I think the hardest thing in church planting is finding a location. Right. It's finding a location because one, you have to realize uh, the rent or if you want to buy. And, and there's a lot of financial issues with a church that you're starting at, you know, fresh. And also there's a church down the block already and you don't want to oh. be around this neighborhood or that neighborhood. Wow. and. True, true, true. You have churches all over the place. But um, the fact that you have churches all, all over doesn't mean that they're doing the job. Right now, we have a total of nine churches in my area, and I'm not afraid to call them out. We have nine of them. And when we did Rap Fest and when we did our outdoor events and we go to them and we invite them, they never show. If you go to my neighborhood where the church is at, and just try this at home. Try this. Go around my church on 174th Street. Walk up to Vice Avenue, Ho Avenue, or go to the... Go, in fact, go over to the train station where there's a church right across the street. Right. And ask anybody around the people that are walking there and say, Listen, I need a church where I, I just need to, I need to change my life. I need, I need to go somewhere. I, 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 can you tell me where I can go to a church? And they're going to tell you, go down the hill and right before the, 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 the bridge... bridge. There's a church right there. And the person is probably telling you that in front of another church standing right in front of it. I, I believe it. I believe it because, you know, we, we kind of drove around the neighborhood and we used to go to church in that area as well. And there are a lot of churches, but I think a lot of people have lost their passion for going out and, and really reaching the community. Uh, there was a question coming in from the chat room. I don't want to overlook the chat room. By the way, if you're there, you have any questions, please type away. My wife, Alice, is holding on the chat room. She'll pass them over. Was the, the, was the transition... From an older pastor to one who was younger, more radical, uh, was younger and more radical. Was that a difficult transition? Um, no, the transition was. You you have to you have to look at the, the fact of what is what occurred. The pastor that was there, um, as by putting me there as an associate pastor, was preparing the church. Right. It was. It was put in my hands. This is what God has for you. Now it's your turn to make sure that those doors stay open or those doors are going to close. Hmm. So when we became associate pastors, what we started to do is we started to win the people over. And what do I mean by winning the people over? I mean is that we started talking to the people. We started to hear the need of the people. And we started to check in on, on what, what, what did they want? What were they looking for? 
as we did that, um, the transition went well. It went better than what we expected because a lot of the mistakes that younger pastors do, and, and this is something that I've been addressing with a lot of young pastors, and, and we're, in the future we're, we're going to hold the conference about these things, oh, nice. is is addressing these these new young these younger pastors coming into churches that have been established, and it's that coming in and saying everything is going to change now. I'm here. This is going to change. We're not doing it like the former pastor. All of those things make the people that are there look at you and say, I don't want you. Not because they don't respect you, not because they don't believe in your ministry. It's because you're bringing about change too quickly, too rapidly. Right. And you're not winning them over. Um, a lot of people are into a lot of show and uh, the theatrics. Right, right, right. Um, and, and they don't want that. The older people in the congregation uh, don't want the theatrics. They want you to be real. And if they can see that you're real and that your passion is as their former pastor was, especially if you had a former pastor who was, who was mission-oriented, mm -hmm. if you can show them that you are a serious young person, because listen, I've been hearing for years, oh, because I'm too young, and oh my God, my age, and the age <laughs> is this, and no pastor wants to put young people to do anything. No, pastors want to put young people to do things, but the young person needs to be responsible with the task they're given. Right, and, 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 and unless you show them that, they're not going to move with you. So, yes, it's going to be a little bit difficult. But if you win them over, listen, show them the passion you have for Christ. Show them that you love the Lord and show them that you're willing to work with them. And you'll see that the transition is not going to be as difficult as what we were taught would be because we were told something that is not. Wow. I mean, this, is, this right here is going to be a podcast to download and pass it out to anyone who's looking to become a pastor or even just a, a leader in any capacity because there's a lot of wisdom coming out right now. Um, another question coming in, and, and you mentioned about some churches are too showy and theatrics and stuff, and this question might follow that really well. Do you think that a church can become too relevant and lose their identity in Christ? Become too relevant and, and lose their identity in Christ? I think the identity in Christ is what keeps them relevant. And uh, you cannot, in, in my church, for example, and let's use my church as an example. Uh, I bought in a new sound system. I have theater lighting in our services. We shut off all the lights. We turn on the theater lights. They, they flash right, right, right. during our worship services. Um, excuse me. We, we, we do a lot of these things, uh, but Christ is the center of it all. Now, the theatrics that, that I always fight against and I'm always talking about and I'm not, and I'm not, told, I'm not in favor with are the theatrics of, of, of the move of the Spirit of God where people say, there he is, he's there, he's there, he's there, he's there, he's there, he's there, he's there. Uh, he's right there, he's right there, he's moving, he's moving, he's moving, you know. And, and they got to shake and um, they shake a lot and they jump a lot. And I grew up in the Pentecostal movement. I grew up with the shaking, the moños slapping people. <laughs> I grew up with that. But my only problem with that is that um, there was a lot of theatrics involved and a little bit of spirit. Because the same ones that were going, and jumping and starting up, they were cursing up a storm after the service. Mm. They were going around, sleeping around with people. They were doing things that, that were not right. Uh, I remember a time where my wife and I, uh, we went to a church to go minister. And while we're there, the drummer, he's playing drums, and I see him nodding his head. And I'm like, wow, this guy's really into it. 
He's, you know, he's into it and, and, and he's nodding his head and, and the spirit takes him according to what they said. The spirit took him and he started playing and then they stopped the music. He started doing a, 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 a solo by himself and, ooh, and he started, he got up, he started shaking. And right after the service, and my wife is there, she could call in if she wishes. Uh, <laughs> and you could call my house if you want, you could do that. Uh, after the service, as we're walking out, the pastor is greeting me and saying goodbye. Thank you so much for coming. All of a sudden, the drummer got jumped by two guys in the church. And he was taking off his sweater. He got jumped and he started fighting. There was a big brawl in the church with this guy. And it, it was ridiculous. And I'm saying to myself, oh, my God, this guy was just dancing in the spirit. And he's telling this guy, you this and you that. And he's cursing up a storm at this guy. Wow. And I'm saying, this is, this is what we were taught and we were taught wrong. We were taught wrong for the simple fact that we were taught that the Spirit of God needs to move, and we taught people how to shake, dance, and, and we taught them these things, but we didn't teach them how to live right. That's and it. this is the problem. That's... that um, you, I have a problem when we're in services, and there's a song being sung five or six times, or, or ten times repeating, or one line, um, and you see people looking at each other from a distance, and just trying to rock themselves, like if they can manipulate God, and all of a sudden he's come out dancing and screaming and shouting. It's ridiculous what you see. So what we try to do is that we 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 take the theatrics out of the service, Man. and that's the theatrics that I talk about. The the lighting is not theatrics. The the sound system is not theatrics. It's theatrics is is, is what is being spoken from the front and how. Um, right. There's a message that can edify people, and there's a message that can try to manipulate people, or or make the people think they can manipulate God, mm. and that's when the theatrics come in because. Um, some people think they gotta move to they gotta move a certain way or they gotta rock a certain way or they have to sing a song a certain way or play the drums a certain way or play the keys a certain way right, right. because it manipulates God to move and 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 that stuff doesn't work. Uh, I know. We we used to talk about uh, just a quick funny thing. There was there was a lady we knew. There was a certain song that oh. we used to play, and we knew that when oh. that when that drum started, oh. that person was up and dancing. But the rest of the service, they would like ah, whatever. You know, but you, you mentioned something really important. I think that's good for all of us, even as, as rappers, as, as DJs or whatever. You know, sometimes we come into this. Uh, I'm not going to say as a young person because we're not as young, but just new to the game, new to the ministry and say we want to change this. Why change it? You know, there's no need to change. Like you said, it's, there's already a foundation there. Perhaps you can add to this. Maybe, maybe some stuff might have to change. But like you said, you don't want to just come and destroy everything that was done before you and try start over. You know, you, yeah. you want a nice car. You're not going to go and try to build one from scratch. You're going to go look for the best one, maybe tweak it a little bit, change a piece here or there. Tweaking it out is the best word that you could use. Yeah. Because the foundation was already laid. Um, the church was well indoctrinated um, in the 50s. The people in the 50s that started these, a lot of these churches that exist today were well doctrinated in word. They doctrinated their church in, in, in what they believed in. The foundation was laid. Now, in, in, in the different teachings, the dogmatic teachings that, they, that exist is where the tweaking has to come in. Right. Because uh, God is, the service was boring or the service was eh, because God didn't move. Explain to me. You that are watching, explain to me, what do you mean by God didn't move in the service? Explain that to me, because I never understood that, that people saying, well, God didn't move. What do you mean? I didn't shake? I didn't jump? I didn't run? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't talk in other tongues? The explain music, to me. The music wasn't loud enough? So, so we got to tweak that out a little bit and start understanding and teaching people that the word is the most important thing in the service. 
If there was no singing, if there was no no nothing but the word being preached, then that was that it was relevant. That was what we came for because people are misunderstanding that um, the word is the, is what changes lives. It's not it's not the song. The song is good, and right. and listen, we've had life changing experiences in songs. Sure, but, sure, but the word is what's gonna change the person, and 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 that's what we have today's society. In today's society, we are more of a worshipy group. We're not so much into word. We're more worshipy. Uh, we're more into the uh, I come to church to elevate myself, and 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 we forgetting that it is the word. The word is what's going to change your life and right. is going to make you the believer that you are and is going to make you strong. So when that storm comes, uh, it is the word that's going to keep you up. It, it, that's going to keep you going. But anyway, let's no, let's go. Look at your t-shirt. Yeah. It the, is the word that makes you change. It's the word that makes you change. There you go. Grateful Apparel. GratefulApparel.com. Don't forget, check them out. Grateful Apparel. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, comment from the chat room. Culturally relevant is key, but there's a limit where compromise is not the answer. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I agree with that 100%. Because many times, uh, and I think the question that was coming before about too relevant that you lose, you know, lose uh, your... What was the identity. Your identity, identity in Christ. I think it's, you know, there's some people that are trying so hard... To reach the community, to be and, like them, and trying to be so much like them that they're forgetting to be so much like Christ. Still, yeah. you know, they're, they're more on the other side. But we're going to come back in a second, and we're going to talk about Pastor Bowser's mission in the community, his role in the community, uh, where 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 he where he fits into this whole community picture that we've been talking about. But I want to go to a video real quick, my man, Funky Town. Nice video, a little Spanish video. Thanks for Pastor Bowser being here. You know, Calvario represent. <laughs> Calvario. So check it out. This is Funky Town video here on RefS Radio, RefSRadio.com. Then we're going to come back and talk more about community involvement and the church's role here at RefS Radio. Tal vez te sorprenda que te haya llamado Pero no soporto que esta situación He tratado pero no he logrado Encontrar alivio para mi condición Reconozco que soy responsable Y que por culpa mía estoy en donde estoy Sé que lo podía evitar Pero yo mismo ya no sé quién soy Te llamé porque me siento solo Y me está matando esta soledad la gente me mencionó tu nombre y me recordaron que tú eres real Me arrepiento por no haber actuado cuando mis amigos me hablaron de ti Sé que nunca te supe apreciar, sin embargo hoy estás aquí Tantas veces que te rechacé, que me hablabas y yo te ignoraba Pero cuando te necesité, tú llegaste justo a tiempo cuando ya no quería vivir Y sentía que estaba perdido Cuando estaba a punto de morir Tú llegaste justo a tiempo hasta mí En tus brazos hoy quiero entregarme No quiero alejarme de tu corazón Tú 
llegaste a mí para salvarme y a mi vida darle una nueva razón Me pregunto qué hubiese pasado si no hubieras tú llegado hasta aquí Todavía no puedo creer que llegaras y estés junto a mí Tantas veces que te rechacé, que me hablabas y yo te ignoraba Pero cuando te necesité, tú llegaste justo a tiempo Cuando ya no quería vivir y sentía que estaba perdido Cuando estaba a punto de morir, tú llegaste justo a tiempo Reconozco que yo he sido un tonto y que me estaba hundiendo por mi actitud Pero ahora que te tengo cerca, me has filtrado de mi esclavitud Me doy cuenta que lo que tú has hecho nadie en este mundo lo podía hacer Es por eso que agradezco que llegaras hasta aquí pues me libraste con tu amor y tu poder Tantas veces que te rechacé que me hablabas y yo te ignoraba Pero cuando te necesité Tú llegaste justo a tiempo Cuando ya no quería vivir Y sentía que estaba perdido Cuando estaba a punto de morir Tú llegaste justo a tiempo Tantas veces que te rechacé Que me hablabas y yo te ignoraba Pero cuando te necesité Yeah, that was Funky Town. Justo a tiempo was the name of the song. You can check them out, of course, funkytownmusic.com. Uh, great to have. I haven't played a Spanish video in a while, so I said, yeah, it's a perfect opportunity to put one in. Right before the video, we was we started to talk a little bit about community. And again, we partnered with Calvary Church for Rap Fest. I call it a divine appointment all the way through because we probably spoke about this a little bit last year. And then this year, everything was just put in place for us, kind of, you know, from the from the management company at at the mall MBD. all the way through uh -huh. all the way through to the sound, you know. Uh, naturally, be, and before we forget, MBD, uh, Mr. Lovett, thank you so much for for your support, your help. Uh, we love it. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah, pun intended. <laughs> pun intended. Uh, no, for for real. I mean, we we've had so much support. The security yes. the security system there, the uh, security guys. Howie. Howie, that they helped us to watch this stage that was built overnight, which where do you do that? Nowhere, you know, and not in the Bronx anyway, you know. Um, and every, free. Yeah, and, and free, free. Right, and, and it and was free. free. You know, uh, we, we, we had a blessed, a, blessed, a blessed time, a blessed event, and all of it was because, you know, naturally their help as well. Absolutely. So, you know, we look forward to working again with, with, with you guys out there. But uh, how does the church get involved in the community? And is is there a line drawn, or is it full across? I mean, how how does that work? With this, for the benefit of anybody who's doing, you know, as a pastor. Well, I I always tell people, whenever they come to me and they say, uh, Pastor, how do you do it? 
I say one, I don't know because I'm not doing enough. I want to do more. Believe me, I need to do more because I feel like I'm doing absolutely nothing. Wow. But the way you, you, you do this and, and what I found is that I've looked through a lot of books, books on church growth and infecting the world and infecting your community. And what I had to decide first is uh, who do I want to reach and who's in my community that's there to reach. Right. So in knowing my community, something that I did, and I think is going to help a lot of you guys starting off, and um, you can always reach me if you want, and later on I'll give you my phone number um, and how to do that, um, is that I, 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 I went into, uh, and I did a survey in the area, I went to the building department, I got some information, I downloaded some information on the census that was done in my area, right. and it gave me a breakdown of all the nationalities, how many people live in my area, uh, currently I have 55,000 uh, 303 people when I first started at Calvary Church and today um, that number has jumped to 62,000 Wow! in the last census that was done. So, so we're looking at a, 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 a large group of people that if I had just a tenth, one tenth, the tithing of that group, it would be 6,000 members. Just a tenth of them is 6,000. Where am I going to put them? <laughs> Where would I put it? Like twelve services you a know, day or something. I have no room. I can only fit five hundred, and that's with an overflow and, and and putting stuff together to do it. So I I really can't reach the whole entire community. So I need other people who are into church planting. Um, come talk to me. I got some areas that we can reach together to to make mm. something happen. Nice. Um, we're not. We're, we don't. We don't mind sharing. Uh, you know, sharing is caring, man. We got to do a lot. Anything that's, we can. And that's big, right there. I mean, th that statement alone, you know, because you know, many pastors want to be the hero pastors ah, and take on the whole community ah, by themselves. That's why you're gonna stay small. That's why you're gonna stay small. That's why you ain't gonna go nowhere. That's why you ain't gonna do nothing. Because if you have that mentality, Bert, that mentality kills the 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 feeling of 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 what you're doing for God. Amen. It kills it. it. But um, get the census. Get the information. Um, look at the people that you're trying to reach and then devise a plan how you're going to reach them. But like I said, if you're going to go and be a community church, wow, you're going to have to break everything that you learned of what church is like because you're going to have a lot of unchurched people visiting your church. You're going to have a lot of people who are not saved in your church. You're going to have a lot of people who were saved but got hurt because of church. You're going to have a lot of people that are come wounded and, and just messed up. And people who are going to come drunk, people who are going to come off the streets, people are going to come out of the clubs, and they're going to go to your church. And I'm sorry, they're not going to go and sit down in your church uh, to listen to a person talk nonsense. And what I mean by nonsense is you pulling out a, a message from the top of your head at the moment, uh, you haven't studied, you haven't, you haven't read anything, and you're just throwing out whatever comes to you. That doesn't work. Right. You have to devise a plan that when people like that come to your church, they want to feel welcome. They want to feel part of the family. They want to feel part of what's going on. Right. And then uh, you win them over and then you start working with them because those people, I always say this, Bert, I say that the drug addicts in the corner, the drug pushers, the homosexuals, those, those lesbians that are in the corners and, and those prostitutes in the corners, those are my evangelists. Those are my deacons. Those, that's, those are my new board members in the street right now. And I, and, and I just got to go get them. When I get them and bring them in, God changes them. Amen. You'll see them functioning and working and, and, and pushing the gospel forward because there's, none, there's no one greater to use than somebody who's, who's been in the dumps in life, who's been in the worst of the worst, and God has restored them.
Amen. And that is a powerful message that you can send across. Amen. I, and that's and that's true because they there's they'll be so grateful that they've been Absolutely. rescued from that life. Absolutely. You know, and, and you get to see it. And and I guess it happens, you know, especially if you take a church that's been fifty-four years already established. You know, they're not really used to seeing newer people come in. Most of the churches that have been around for a long time under the same leadership that have the same people all the time, they're comfortable. Absolutely. They're comfortable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you can't be you can't rush this. The growth that you're gonna have, you can't rush it. Since two thousand six that we've been there, uh, we've done uh we every every week that people come visit, we have a database. We have about almost I would say reaching almost six thousand people who have visited Calvary Church since two thousand six who have came to, to our church, who have accepted Christ, who have wanted to know more about the Lord, and you say, but where are those people in your church? It's not about you bringing and making members and bringing them in right. to stay with you. It's impacting their life, and they go on their way, and you pray that they find a place they can go to that preaches the word, but we stay in contact, we send them letters and stuff. If they come, amen. If right. they don't, we did our job. We planted the mission right. on them, we planted the gospel in them, and we sent them on their way. Uh, so don't think that you know uh, it's going to happen overnight. And also, you got to be careful with 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 calling yourself a church that's in the growth mode. Like some people are running around saying, "Oh, my church is growing," uh, because because people from other churches are going to your church. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that's not good. You, you, what you have is a whole bunch of recycled Christians, and and <laughs> and recycled Christians ain't going to get you nowhere because they're probably leaving their churches because they have issues and problems because they can't submit over there, so they're going to go to your church. And they're going to give you problems. That's not church growth. Growth does church growth does not happen when a church divides. That's not possible. That's right. not that's right. not that's not something positive. Church growth happens when a person that does not know the Lord walks in those doors. My God, and the power of God hits them, Amen. and the Word changes their life, and that person stays there and it develops. That's church growth. Amen. That's growth. Amen. I I agree hundred uh, percent. We get some more questions in for the chat room. Do you believe church and politics should mix? And if yes, to what extent? Um, at this point, I would say yes. Before I would taught, I was taught no, never mix politics with church. Uh, I always say I'm not political. I'm not a political person, right. but I am an, an activist. I am a pastor who's an activist in my community. If something goes down in my community, I want to know about it. If something happens in my community, I want the community to come and tell me about it. Politics is you getting your point across and you uh, speaking and, and you're presenting a point and you're you're being persuasive with it, right? Um, we're all political in that sense. We 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 all have some politics in us in that in that event because we're we're presenting the gospel, and and by presenting the gospel, we're we're presenting a pers in, in a persuasive way. Some people do it through their testimony, and they juice up their testimony. They juice up what's in the scriptures. Right, they right, try right, to juice right. it up because they're trying to persuade somebody to see the light. Um, I work for, for, for a politician, a pastor that's a politician. That's Ruben Diaz, the senator, state right. senator Ruben Diaz. And I work with him in a number of, in a number of levels. Um, but I am not a pol politician. Uh, but I am an activist. I, I, I feel for my community. I want to work for my community. And if I can bring benefits into my community, I will go and bring benefits into my community. If I got to shake hands to do it, I'll go and shake hands and do it. I'm not selling myself to nobody. I'm not selling myself short. I'm not selling my gospel. Um, my gospel is not for sale. And I stand against whatever goes against the word. And right now we're in a big process, in a big movement with um, this whole new law with the with the with the law that's in now with the same sex marriage act. Right. 
I'm totally against it. Does that make me a politician? No. It Does it make me political? No. What does it make me? It makes me an activist saying, I believe the word and I'm not going to bend. No matter what the law says, I will not bend. I do not accept it. Um, we love the sinner. Don't get me wrong. We love the sinner. We love them. We love you guys. We do. It's just the lifestyle is that we're not, we're not with right. it. And, and 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 that's not being political, but to some degree you you have to be you you you're a politician in some degree when you're a pastor when you're a leader because you have to influence people to follow. You got to right. influence them with your teachings. You got to influence them to do certain things. Um, again, it, it's a very fine line. And if you want to know more about that, you we got to talk more on one on one on one. I could share some experiences that I had just walking with you the last couple of months as we prepare for Rap Fest. And I've seen the respect the community has for you, you know, for whatever level of involvement you have. And it never came across, and my wife has said she could correct me if I'm wrong, but it never really came across as political. You know, it was just like, hey, Pastor Bowser, we appreciate you. We have your back the same way you have our back, or, you know, you work with us the same way we work with you. And we've been to different events where the gospel was still being preached, even in the community night out. You know, they were, yeah, the police officers are flipping burgers, the mayor's assistant, top executive assistant, flipping, flipping burgers. burgers also. But she's there with us. You were still able to open up with a word of prayer and have the worship music playing and games for the kids and giving them Bibles and stuff by, from World Vision. And that's community involvement to the extent that Absolutely. I think every church should get involved. You know, and, and yeah, when we, we walked around a Pathmark Mall, I did kind of feel that's the only time I felt a little politics kind of because it seemed like everybody knew pastor bowser we couldn't walk five steps we just like me me bowser me 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 bowser both of me that's all i was missing no but it's that's a good thing when i think the church should be recognized in the neighborhood Absolutely. i think pastors should be recognized in the neighborhood for a positive thing not just oh that's the pastor from down the block let's you know forget about it Absolutely. but more like seeking him and they wanted to stop and ask you quick prayer requests or how's your husband i heard you asking this one lady how's your husband oh he's fine and she don't even go to my church you know that kind of stuff that's what's important that's how you get involved absolutely um another question from the chat room does the community see you as a church that meets only their physical needs or also as a spiritual refuge um both both people in my community um in my mbd community on 174th street uh whether you're from boone longfellow bryant whole avenue vice uh boston road um they see us as both because if they come to me and they tell me they're in need for furniture or they're in need for, for something in their home, um, I go and I make sure I try to find it. I'm, I'm, a very, I'm very big on Craigslist, I'm very big on reaching the entities that, that help us, um, that I've, throughout the time I've developed relationships with them. And I try to find them. I always tell people when they come to my church, give me a list of stuff that you need. I may not be able to apply supply all the needs that you have in your paper, but I will try to help you get some things. We've gotten cribs for, for parents. We've wow, gotten nice. bedroom sets. We've gotten sofas and stuff. And these are things that I'll get for them for free. And we cover the charge for the U-Haul. We'll have the men in the church pick it up, take it to okay, them. Okay, hold on, hold on. Stay home. If that's not your church, don't make it yeah, your church don't, now. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> if you had it this, listen, had it to this point, don't start now. <laughs> listen, stay. Uh, we, we, we try to do that and supply their need that way. And no, they do not abuse. Because some churches say, ah, they do that. Because, but, but the people are going to abuse it. They're going to abuse it. They're going to go to church just because they want something. No. They'll come and because they see the sincerity in what we're doing Amen. to the community. Amen. And this is where we feed the spiritual need first. 
before I do anything for their home, before I do anything for them personally, I try to make sure that God fills in that void in their life. And they see the genuineness in us. And this is another thing. We do it out of our hearts. We're not doing it because somebody makes us do, does this, uh, make, us, make us do this. We do it because we love our community. We do it because we want to share. Now, the other thing is a joint effort. Because if you go to my church and you see the clothing drives that we do every week, um, that never goes down. Why? Because I got people in the community that when I go to my church every morning, there's black bags in front of my church sometimes. Oh, wow. And the black bags are bags of clothes that people in the community leave in front of my door. I bring them in. We sort them out. We see what's good and what's not. We wash it. We fold it. And then when we go on Sundays outside or Saturdays outside, we put them on tables and it's a free fall. Take it as you, you know, take it. It's yours. Um, so people in the community give us stuff. They give us, the people in the community uh, gives a, give a sofa sometimes. The last time we saw you at an event, you had like a whole truckload of shoes. Uh, that's right. In the last event, the we last had event. 500 shoes from, uh, uh, what's this company, um, this female shoes uh, company, uh, um, not Nine West, uh, starts with a B, starts with a B, um, very expensive, Dress Barn. Oh, from Dress Barn. Dress Barn. Um, they gave us a whole bunch of things. We have 500 pairs of shoes. I couldn't believe it. You said, you see that over there? 500 pairs of shoes. We're going to be giving boxes away today. And Brand boxes new shoes. Of that. And dress barn jewelry. You know, those, those little jewelry things, that $15.99, $29.99 stuff. I have boxes. And we have that. We're giving them out to the people. And, and, but that's, be, you know, I, I again, we have to attribute that to God's response to your passion for community. Yes, if you're not doing anything, God ain't gonna bless you. Yeah, and, and I believe that as well. Plain and simple. Because I've I've seen other other ministries and organizations who have these opportunities and they go ahead and flip it, try to get a benefit uh, from it. No, you know. Triple and Jay's correcting you, saying it was Nine West. Triple J. Triple J. My guys at Triple J Triple from my church <laughs> is correcting older. me. Oh my goodness! That's community. Great. That's, That's community. community. That's community. Right. <laughs> That's community. No, but um, it was. <laughs> Now they got me there. So it was Nine West then, you know? Look at that. Free advertising for them. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so they gave, they gave us a lot of different things. And uh, we, re, we, we received them and we give them out, man. Amen. I mean, and that's beautiful. And by the way, uh, Triple J Audio, who did sound for Rap Fest, they're from Absolutely. Uh, Calvary Church. They did a great job. The entire staff there was phenomenal. Almost like invisible. I love an invisible staff. What does that mean? They're not in the way. They're not trying to take the light. They're not trying Absolutely. to hide from the light. They're just there to do the work. And I think that's what happened at Rap Fest. Even when the when those those seventeen point eight minutes of your life that sound that felt like <laughs> seventeen point so like, eight months. Oh my when gosh! The, when the generator went down, Pastor Bowser grew five inches, went down twelve inches, went up like eighteen inches, uh, turned white. Green, blue, all different colors. Thank God. But even during that, everything was beautiful. And like I think also, I, I, I don't know who told me this in Rafes when that happened. Um, it kind of refocused everybody. It sure did. Mm -hmm. Whoever told you was 100% correct. We were saying the same yeah, thing. It kind of refocused everybody. So, so, so that downtime uh, was a downtime to, for us to recognize. Like I took it as, listen, Joe, recognize that though the sound system is functioning well and is doing better than what we expected and reaching the capacity that it said it could, and I'm excited. Jose, the director of Triple J, he's excited, and we're great, and we're having a great time. Um, when it went down, it just brought to my mind, and, and it's like God saying, remember, remember who got this. And, and, and we had to refocus and say, oh my God, wait a minute. Though yeah. we're trying to get it back on and everything, but it refocused the people there to know that the reason why we were there was to worship God and Absolutely. to bring God into the place. Absolutely. You know, and I, 
I mean, we we haven't had. I think we maybe once or twice. The generator will go down for a few seconds or whatever. And, and yes, it's it's a big like, oh my god, you know, yeah. that's it. That nobody's gonna want to follow us anymore. We're done. People are leaving. People, People are gonna go home. <laughs> but this was different. Like the when the generator went down. First of all, I wasn't concerned about the streaming because. Elvis, thank you, Elvis. He had brought his backup battery power. Elvis so was still alive. Yeah, Elvis. Elvis, Elvis was still, at Rapfest. Elvis was at Rapfest. All right, I got a new one. Elvis was at Rapfest, guys. <laughs> you missed it, but he had gave us a little backup battery power, so the streaming was still going. There was no sound, but the streaming was still going, and I wasn't nervous. I wasn't. I was a little upset just for a few seconds, but then I was like, you know what? I didn't want to go by the generator. I just went up on stage, and Blaze Torch was there. He had already started trying to worship a bit. I'm like, yo, just go ahead. This is what yeah. we're here for. Tell everybody to press in. And they pressed in, and I was talking to the DJs, Wade O'Brien Smith, and Press Play, and they were like, yo, you know what's going to happen when the power goes on, right? I said, yeah, it's on. It's on, and that's exactly what happened. That's what happened. From that moment on, everything just went... Absolutely. Incredible. Absolutely. You know, and, and that, that's encouraging to know that you have people like that. Like I said, the people at Calvary, thank you so much. You guys helped so much. We spoke about that the week right after Rap Fest. We had the show. We, we, we gave props to all of them because they did such a great job. Uh, someone in the chat room is asking, and this is a good question. I'm going to ask you this myself. How do you stay encouraged? Because you're, you're doing so much. You, you have a lot in your plate. I know you have a great staff, you know, that, that helps you out. But how do you stay encouraged? Wow. That's, that's a hard question because... Um, being being a senior pastor, and first of all, it, it, let me let me let me correct myself, because if you go to my church and you ask anybody what's the highest position they can ever obtain in the church, it'll be a servant, and that's what we teach. Mm. It's a servant. Um, but as a personal aspect of being encouraged myself, it's kind of difficult because you have uh, working with a lot of people. Um, everyone seems to have a certain, uh, their own agenda in a lot of things. And, and that's, that's great because they're leaders and, and you're working with leaders and leaders have to have their agendas and they have to right. do their things. Um, but what I do personally is uh, any little time that I can get by myself, um, I try to just focus, um, you know, just within me with the Lord. Um, on my phone, if you go through my phone, in my apps, I have leadership quote apps. Apps, I got uh, stuff that is that that that's filling for me. It's stuff that I look at. Um, I'll go on YouTube and and I'll, I'll listen to a preacher that I like, you know, and get some excerpts and just listen to them or get a book. I'm always working with books on leadership and 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 how to be a successful leader. And I read things like that that encourage me. Um, but I do that on my own time, and and then sometimes that's my downtime. And when people say, "Well, Pastor, you don't have a downtime. When is your downtime?" Well, I don't go to bed sometimes till maybe one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. Such as I'm watching TV. Um, but then I also focus back on my phone and I start reading uh, my quotes and I start reading things. Um, one quote that really touched my life that really made a big difference in me. It, it says, "It doesn't matter the size of the dog in a fight." And it had a picture of a chihuahua and a pit bull, right? Mm. And they were barking at each other. But it says, but it's the size of the fight in the dog. Mm. And then it had the pit bull running from the chihuahua. And I, I read things like that and they impact me. And that's how I get encouraged. That's how I know that God is with me. That's how I know that, you know, everything's going to be all right. Because it, though I feel small in a lot of ways and um, a lot of things that are happening, I don't feel that I'm doing enough. 
you know, the Lord is there to say, listen, you're doing, you're, you're all right. You're on, you're on track. Right, right. You're on track. But it, 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 it's something that, again, I was brought up, and, and this is something that the new leaders, you guys that are coming into leadership now and, and pastoring now, always find that downtime for yourself, whether it's in the car, like me, many times in my car. I'll do it in my car, or, or when I get to the church office, I sit there by myself, and I try to focus in on myself, you know, because... I know that once people start arriving to church, I'm pulled here, pulled there, right, right, pulled yeah. everywhere. In the community, I'm pulled everywhere. Uh, I'm so active in so many things that uh, if I don't take care of myself, I won't have nothing to give. So Absolutely. any little time I have, I swallow it up for myself. You know, so that's, 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 how a, that's important. Our pastor, Pastor George Martinez at Sanctuary Fellowship, uh, every week he'll send us something. Say, hey, leaders, I've been reading this book and this story, you know, stood out to me. Check it out. He would send us a link like, read this. It applies to you guys, you know. But it also shows how he's getting encouraged and he's seeking more. Because you always want to know that your leader is looking to grow. Absolutely. You know, you don't want to say like, oh, he got it all down packed. That's it. So basically what you see is what you get. You're done. Absolutely. You know, I read about five books at a time. Five to six books. So it's, Scattered. It's so, it's so important. It's so important to see that. And, you know, especially with all the involvement that you have with the community. Uh, more questions coming in from the chat room. So do you think that there is enough support within... With community churches in New York City. Do you think there is enough support with community churches in New York City? Do you think there's enough community support? Um, let me see that question enough again. Enough support with community churches in New York City. Do you think there's enough support with community churches in New York City? Uh, I think that being a church of the community is very different as being from being your average church. And if you're going to be an average church, you have tons of support. If you're going to be a church of the community, um, you're going to be out there with just probably with me helping you. <laughs> or Pastor Burt's church is going to be working with you guys. I don't know. Uh, the churches that do decide to work for the community are churches that are focused in, uh, are basically by themselves because they cannot do things the way the traditional church has done them. Right. And when you have councils, councils are great because they're supposed to be a backing for the church, but many times they don't because they want to be a traditional church. A community church is a non-traditional church. Right. And because you're non-traditional, most likely you'll be left by yourself, <laughs> but the congregation that you're going to have is a community congregation, which is a hundred times better, a hundred right. times better than a traditional church. Amen. No, and I... I mean, Sanctuary Fellowship Community Church, that's what it says on the side. And, and that's what it feels like because we get people from the community that, that come and attend our church. And we see new faces, a lot of new Christians, like you said. Yeah, you get a couple of people from other churches that perhaps have been hurt in the past and they're restoring, which is important. But, yeah, when, you, when you're a community church, you kind of do find yourself a little isolated, you know, because you're kind of going against the grain at this point. Yeah, so people don't yeah. want to support that. In the Mount Churches, it says Calvary Church on the outside. There's no name of who's in there, who's the pastor. There's no phone number. There's nothing. It just says Calvary Church. Yeah, that's how Because ours. it's not important. It's not important for the people. Just come in. If you have a need, come into the church and yeah. we'll help you. Ours doesn't even say, well, it does say community church, small on the side, but on the front it just says sanctuary fellowship. That's it. Yeah. And it looks like a warehouse. So you can't, it's, you can pass right by it and not even see it. Uh, what pastors encourage you? What pastors encourage me? My favorite pastor, all of them. My favorite, 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 Noel Jones. I love his, his style of ministry. Um, I'm intrigued by them. John Maxwell, uh, Jensen Franklin, um, T.D. Jakes, um, 
there were there's just a number of them. I mean, it it all depends on 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 what what mood I'm in, because I have like five or six good ones that I love listening to all the time, that I can always go to and reference to. You know, uh, but yeah, uh, those are the pastors that encourage me, and also pastors that are doing things in the community. They encourage me hmm. because when I see them, uh, I see a Joey Cruz going out there and doing that. I love it when I see Pastor Alex Pagani going out there. I enjoy seeing them. I ministered to them when I was younger. They were the kids in my youth ministry. They were the kids. And now that I, I'm much older and they're now ministering and doing, um, it makes me feel encouraged to know that our words did not fall into bad soil, right. but they produced. And that 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 that's where I feed off from, you know? Amen. Those are my preachers. Amen. Uh, another question. Are you involved in any organization of ministers and interact with them? Uh, weekly? If so, what's the name of the coalition so we as servants could keep them in prayer? Um, the New York Clergy Hispanic, uh, the, well, the New York Hispanic Clergy Organization, um, led by Ruben Diaz, is the organization that I'm involved in. I work for public relations there where the senator, Ruben Diaz, is the president. And there we, we get together with about 120, 125 pastors, meet weekly every Thursday morning. Are they as uh, radical as you are? Or you're the or you're the one that people say, uh oh, there comes Joel, be careful. They're the ones that say, uh oh, here comes Joel, you gotta be careful. <laughs> but there's two other pastors, Pastor Carlos Torres and Pastor Abilene Rivera, which are two pastors that work with me, and we're considered the 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 three musketeers, man. We're oh, the okay. radical bunch. Um, we're in the midst of 120, 125 pastors there every week, and when they see us, um, they draw strength from us. Because we're showing them that it's not impossible. And our influence is great on them. Because not that they just reject us and say, Ah, oh, it doesn't hold and they're young kids. And right, 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 no, right, no. Right, right. Pastor Abilene is in her 50s. Carlos and I are in our late 30s. And they see us and they respect us. And they want to mimic what we're doing. And we help them. A lot of the times they do street events. And we're the ones helping them get the permits, do their thing. So, well, yeah, so, so it's, it's, a, it's a blessing. It's a blessing to minister to them. Amen, amen. Do but you... weekly, so pray for us. Definitely. That's the Hispanic Coalition. The New York Cler Hispanic Clergy Organization. Okay. So you guys got that? Write it down and pray for that. President is uh, Senator Ruben Diaz. Do you think you're doing enough? Well, he said that many times. I'm he's not, not doing but enough. But do you think you're doing enough? And in your opinion, are pastors developing others and providing platforms? I don't know if they are. I know that in my church, I am trying. Uh, we have a mentors class every other Sunday from 9 o'clock to 1030. Um, and it's for leaders who are in developing to become greater in the Lord. Um, I believe that my mentorship class is preparing people to be pastors, ministers, evangelists, um, as well as janitors and lay people and church workers. Mm. Um, it's, it's giving them the appetite of what there is in leadership. I cannot speak for other pastors. I don't know what they're doing in their churches. Uh, but I, my hope is that other pastors are developing their people. And they are preparing for... Uh, uh, their successor, you know, yeah, because yeah, yeah. Um, if God doesn't come and I hit 55 and God is not here, I'm retiring. I'm done. I'm not going to be one of those saying, I'm staying until I die. No. By the time I hit 55, which probably is in a couple of more years, um, I'm done. Let somebody else come in that has the fire and the flame and they got the strength to do. And, and I'll be a super senior pastor, if you want to call it that. Uh, but <laughs> I'll be senior overseer. I'll be overseeing <laughs> over in Puerto Rico, overseeing in the Bronx what's happening through Ustream, you know. <laughs> but um, I'm not hoping to do this all my life. Now, 
uh, people will shy with me and people will get upset with me and tell me, why that's that's wrong. You don't stop until God tells you. No, I stop until when my strength can give to me. Absolutely. Because then after that, I become a burden for the church and I'm not going to become a burden, wow. but I want to be a blessing. So I'm preparing my successor. I'm looking for the Timothy. And right. I, right now I got my eye on two of them in my mentors class who are yeah. my Timothys that are growing up because those guys have the potential to do great things. So every pastor that's out there, um, I'm hoping you guys are doing that. If you're not doing it, do it. Yeah, um, the church ain't yours, man. The ministry is not yours. Uh, the same way um, when I took over this church, a month or two later, people stopped talking and, and probably even forgot who the senior pastor was and the founder of the church is. When I'm done, give it a month or two, they'll even forget my name. Um, and when you're done, they're going to forget you too. Yep. Trust me. Yep. Trust me. It's you're going to die in that position. <laughs> and a month later, they're going to forget who you are and everything you've done. And they're going to move on. And they're going to take your picture down from the temple. <laughs> because you ain't going to be of no value to them anymore. Because the next pastor is going to come in and say, we got to move this. And you know what? Put their picture up. <laughs> your furniture is coming out and their furniture is coming in. That's so so, true. so it's not about you. It's but about it, God. It's, it's important too to, to know that. We have to pass pass the baton at one point. Absolutely, absolutely. Because you know, once you pass that baton to the next person, you know you know that okay, we're running this race together. We already went through the drill. This is it. Here we go. The handoff, and you finish running, but you're still cheering your team on. Absolutely, making sure they make it to the end. And and it's so important. We we encourage all pastors to to look for someone in your church that you could pour into and, and share. It's, you're not holding top secret stuff. Absolutely. You know, I mean. Your success is our success if we share it. Otherwise, it could be your demise as well. You know, you just Absolutely. hold on to it. Uh, you mentioned at least two or three times you don't feel you're doing enough. You don't feel you're doing enough. Nope. What's that extra stuff off the top of your head you think you should be doing or you want to do that you can't get your, get around to doing? Wow, I'm not doing enough. When I when I when I say that, I say because uh, there's a there's a there's a big field out there. There's TV, there's radio, there's internet. Um, there's a lot of ways of reaching more people. Uh, my desire is to get into all those areas to reach. I'm not doing that yet. I need to get in there. I need to get into those areas um, to reach the people. Also, um, I still got a lot of doors to knock on in my neighborhood. I got to go door to door knocking on doors, man. I, I can't. I can't keep relying on other people to do that. I got to do that. I got to get up and start knocking on doors. My 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 success um, or how I would feel fulfilled is when I know if I went to every single door in my neighborhood and knocked on it. Wow. And said, hi, my name is Joe. Not pastor. Stop with the titles. People in my church don't even know sometimes I'm the pastor until they give me the part. Because I never tell them. They walk into my church and they tell me, hey, do you know who the pastor is? I'm like, you know what? When I see him, I'll let him know to come to you. <laughs> and I walk away because, or when I introduce myself, I say, hi, my name is Joel. Because really, my title's not important. Um, my desire is that they know the Lord. I'm not a title person, not, nor is my wife. We're not into titles. Uh, we're more servants. And until everybody in my neighborhood knows who I am, um, I'm not happy. I'm not satisfied because I knock on. I want to knock on the doors. I want to knock. I want them to know who it is that's at that church. Right. So when they come, they can see a familiar face and they can join with us. The gospel is so much more than what we always said it was. We always preach, you know, Jesus loves you, and 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 we, you know, we want you to get to heaven. Yeah, but 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 we also have to see that people they need hope. 
They need hope. And their hope is not for afterlife because when you accept Christ, you're going to go to heaven. It's the life here on earth. It's how to be successful on earth, how to live my life on earth, how to how to be able to breathe again in on earth while I'm living here. Right. And and that's what we want to do. So so we tell we tell the people that Calvary Church is a family. It's a family. Every year we put up a theme. Every year we have a theme. Uh, this year's theme is use what you got to get what you want. Hmm. That's our theme for 2011. And that's what we're doing. Now we're starting to use the people more. But my, when you say I want to do more, is that I want to go out there. Man, I want to get into the boys club. Uh, we just recently had a killing. Um, just know. not too long ago, a young lady, I think her name is Jaritza, that was, that was a stray bullet. A stray bullet hit her in the neck and, that was and on, killed that her. That happened on the night before rap fest. Uh, yes, yes. There was a death. And, and when that happened, I got a text on my phone from the police precinct um, that Officer Matt uh, Ray from the Community Affairs called me up and told me, hey, they did X, Y, and Z um, in your neighborhood. And they informed me. I felt great. I was like, oh, my God, I'm informed. Uh, things like that. Uh, I want to go into my neighborhood. I want, I want the people to know me. I always say that the violence that we're, that we're seeing now in Hoa Avenue with the gangs and all these violent things that are happening now in our neighborhood, I always tell the, the, the police precinct, I always tell MBD, James, Derek Lovett, I always tell them, I wish I could put my church up on top of the hill because right. I would change that place immediately right. uh, because that's my passion. That's my passion. So, you know, I, I'm not doing enough. Please <laughs> help me do more. I want to do more. Amen. Uh, we have two more questions coming in. Oh, no? Okay, never mind. Only one more question here. Is someone from the chat room is asking, is there a biblical reason for me to be ordained through school when you feel that God wants you to step out in faith and go for the gusto? I think that schooling gives you a form of education, especially if it's a, a Christian college. Um, I've gone to school, a Christian college, Southeastern, and then I went to the School of Theology, the Spanish Eastern District School of Theology, uh, and soon to get my doctorates now uh, in biblical studies. Um, it's great if you go ahead and study. I mean, you have to study to show yourself approved. Absolutely. Uh, the studying is not going to qualify you to become a minister. It's not going to qualify you to be a pastor. The studying is going to prepare you. Um, God is the one that calls you. If God calls you, um, it will happen. And usually, usually, it, you will know the calling in your life. But it's usually from someone higher and above you that is going to point you out. Hmm. And unless somebody higher and above you points you out, it's going to be very difficult for you to point yourself out because you're not there to point yourself. Somebody has to acknowledge you. And usually the way God works it out is that when it's your time, listen, stop trying to chase after your time. Your time is going to come to you and you're going to see that whether it's going to be a pastor or another minister that's in a higher level than you is going to come and say, you are called by God. And boom, there it goes right there. Mm, it's and it's not that you yep. needed that. It's that the people need to see that God is calling you. Uh, because nowadays you have so many people say that, oh, God called me. But you say, who recognizes that ministry? Who's recognizing you? They have no church. They're not bound to anybody. Right. And nobody well, wants to follow somebody And a lot of like people that. want that. They want and a lot of people want They want to be called so they can be by themselves. They Why? be left alone. Why? So My question. To be the boss. To be the boss. <laughs> to be the boss. Get out of it. Get out. Listen. Get out of it. Don't don't do it because of that reason. Trust me. Don't because you you're not gonna succeed in anything that you do because you're gonna do it to try to prove people wrong and that's not why you God called you. Well, you know it's it's interesting. So, Rap Fest Radio. You know we we do hip hop. 
We do hip hop. We do street ministry. We do concerts and we do the radio show. And people are probably wondering, why is this Bert talking to this pastor for an hour about community? Because that's what Rap Fest is about. You know, we partnered with Pastor Bowser and Calvary Church this year for Rap Fest because their vision for outreach and ministry is the same vision we have. It's not about numbers. You heard what he said. There's 6,000 people that he could have reached that passed through the church. He's not worried about the numbers. It's just worried about the impact. We do Rap Fest in a neighborhood totally far from our church because we don't care about winning members for the church. We care about winning souls for the kingdom. And as you saw our prayer tent during Rap Fest, it was nonstop. Nonstop. People being prayed for, numbers, names taken, whatever had to be done to make sure that people get that relationship with God. That's our that's our focus. That's pastor's focus. You know, so that's why Pastor Bowser's here. Next year, we're going to be working with Bowser again and as long as we could. And not only Bowser, we'll, we pull in other pastors as well because our goal has always been to work with the pastors. Pastor um, Joe... Joe uh, Cruz, Joe, Joey Cruz, Joey Cruz, Pastor Paulo Pizarro, Pastor uh, Pastor Jose Ortiz from Jose, uh, Jehovah Shama. Those are the pastors that we want. Pastor George from Sanctuary Fellowship. You know, we want to work with those pastors because they are in the perfect position that when we do win souls for Christ, we can send them to different churches. Say, hey, if a church is what you're looking for, then there's one there, there's one there, there's one there. We all have the same goal. But we're excited. We, we thank you so much for coming out today. Thank you I for mean, having me. I think, I think it's important for people to see the face behind the name Calvary Church. And they're going to see your face a lot because we prepare for Rap Fest. We're starting now preparing for next year. And we're going to really try to make it as big as possible. And Absolutely. Not for anything else, but just to win more souls for Christ. Absolutely. The more we do, the more we get. You know. Uh, so I'm going to ask if you don't mind, if you could close in the prayer, altar call, whatever whatever's on your heart. We just sure, close out tonight. sure, sure. And if you're watching us and you feel impacted in some way um, in ministry, um, the key is stay humble. The key also is uh, for you to find God's guidance in what you need to do. Um, don't go out there to try to make a name for yourself. Go out there in, in humility and do it because you love the Lord and do it because it's the right thing to do. And you're going to see God open the door for you, man. You don't have to worry about that. God is going to give you that time, and, and you need the time to develop. So if you're in that stage of developing, stay there. But I want to pray with you also and, and, and know that God is in control of everything. And if you're there also listening to us and you're not saved, listen, <laughs> everything that we said, forget about it. <laughs> the only thing you really need to know is that Jesus loves you. Amen. All you need to know is that there is a new life through him. And if you can come to the Lord and understand that he loves you and you can accept him into your life, I'm not saying it's going to get better for you. I'm not saying that things are going to disappear. Your problems are going to disappear. What I'm going to say to you is that he'll give you the strength to go through whatever you're going through. And, and the joy of your salvation is going to become your strength Amen. in everything. So things may not change around you, but your heart will. Amen. And your inner being will. So I want to pray for both of you guys. And the first one I want to pray for is those that are giving the hearts of the Lord. So if you're there listening to me, just say, Lord, come into my life right now at this moment. I accept you as my Savior. I want you to come into me. I want you to change me, deliver me, make me a new person. And I believe that you love me. And I believe that you died for me. And today I make that step. I take that step. And that's all you got to say to the Lord. Be honest with him. Be honest with yourself. And if that's what you need, then that's what you said. And, and by faith, you are saved, the Bible says. That if you call on his name, you shall be saved. Now, for you guys out there looking into ministry and trying to find guidance and what you need to do and stuff like that. Let's pray. Father, we pray for those here today, God, that 
are in the process of ministry. They're in the process of growing and in the process of seeking answers to their questions and they want to develop themselves more in you. And I'm praying, God, that you would continue to guide them. God, I don't want them to get overly anxious uh, to see it happen and then they run ahead of you and make mistakes. I want them to wait for you. So God, give them the ability to wait longer. But God, knowing that as they wait longer, they're just developing better and that you're going to do greater things in their lives. So God, we pray and we believe that success is coming. To every young leader that's watching me right now, success is going to come to you. For every pastor that's out there watching, success is coming towards you. But you got it, God, we just pray that you would just deliver them and help them through the times of trouble. Let them see, God, that it is you that opened the door and not themselves, Lord. And we thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Amen. Thanks again, Pastor Bowser, thank for, you. for coming out with us tonight. Uh, next week, Saturday, uh, next week, Monday, there's no Rap Fest radio show. It's a holiday. So enjoy your holiday. It'll be a good time to catch up on podcasts. If you're not doing any barbecue or whatever, just go on to the Rap Fest radio. Uh, click on the links for the podcast, holyculture.net, whatever you got to do to get the podcast. Or go to gratefulapparel.com, buy some t-shirts if you're bored. Whatever you got to do, just do something. But we won't have a show next week, Monday. Uh, the following week, we will have Eli Gonzalez here from the ministry called Unique. It's a new ministry. Not really new, but we're going to talk about that. But he's going to be with us on the 12th. That's September 12th, Monday. What we want to do is we want to end the show with another Brian Smith song. Absolutely. And this is the song that gave him the name of Why. Why, 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 why. why, why. why. <laughs> uh, he came out to Calvary Church for that, their firehouse outreach in the park. And this is one of the songs that he did. And the youth remember him and call him, oh, Brian Smith, a.k.a. Why, 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 why. Uh, the song is called Why. Brian Smith right here, Rapfest Radio, rapfestradio.com. You will learn us because we are out of control. Keep it locked. Don't forget, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. You ever get mad at God because he doesn't do things the way you want him to? I fussed God. He taught me, oh, chocolate brown, sweetie. A smile didn't light up a room, it lit up a whole city. Pretty, skin smooth as silk. Felt like she had a daily bath of milk. She was a bread house. Nuff said every hair was in place on the top of her head. Never, ever, ever, ever needed any makeup. Drop dead gorgeous the minute that she'd wake up. Sparkling white teeth, cute little dimple. Drank a lot of water so you never saw pimple. Feet were soft, hands too. It would be an honor to drink champagne out of shoe. I was feeling as blessed as I could be. Out of all the in this world, she was dealing with me. I got the honey I want, I'm all set, right? She would soon be my biggest regret. I asked God why, 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 why? Why I did she do me that way? She didn't have to do me that way. Why did you let her do me that way, Lord? Why, 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 why? Why I did she do me that way? She didn't have to do me that way. Why did you let her do me that way, Lord? She was my masterpiece, my girl. We played Love Jones, that was great You were my near, and I was your Lorraine Stay kissing in the rain, like the last scene Both saying I love you, encompassing a whole thing, a living dream I fell in love and how, I told the Lord I wanted to have me So please take me now, but I never saw it coming The Great Fall, supposed to meet me in the movies He didn't show, he didn't call, called your house Left a message with your mother, here I'm driving down the street I see you hooked up with another man It was too good to be true, so my face scared to death about what I might do Why did she do me that way? She didn't have to do me that way. Why 
God I was broke down, stripped, placed on cinder blocks My attitude was funky like some old sweat socks Even talk about love, yo, we had to box My timing was way off like a broken clock I was feeling all crazy, disjointed, but my God He appointed an introduction that was anointed I said hi, she said hi, and you alright So we ended up talking three hours a night I felt our relationship would deepen I said I love you, she said what? I said I must have been sleeping So the crying on your shoulder, Lord uh, Heart grown cold, the Lord, uh, you hit me with love Like a five-ton the Lord I'm never gonna let 